but that's we'll worry about that. You're not supposed to say that after I hit record. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, where you may or may not have just heard Scott announce his paying intentions. My name is Frank. I'm P Man. P Scott. <laughs> and I I'm Paul. Uh, ironically, not P Man. Not P Man. My name's Paul. Yeah. P Man. Master of the Bladderverse. Uh, we're in a good mood because the Bills beat the Panthers and the Patriots lost to the Colts and everything came up Millhouse more or less this week for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Bills um, beat the Panthers 31 to 14, uh, nearly living up to Scott's expectations. Um, not quite, uh, but, you know, it's very uh, hard to live up for anyone to live up to my expectations. As we have found in the, in the recording of this show, it is hard to live up to what Scott expects. Um, but the Bills, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that it wasn't indicative of the score of the game, but I think certainly watching the first uh, 17 minutes or so of game time felt a little more frustrating than it ultimately lets on. I think that there is a lot to be said about the uh, the lack of uh, uh, the lack of Carolina's lacking overall, um, but it, that isn't to say that the Bills didn't have their own um, uh, lacking. Yeah, their own lacking, their own struggles to deal with as well. And I, I think it comes off as a pretty good win, especially um, for me uh, as I immediately hit the panic button when John Feliciano disappeared um, from the the active list just hours before game time. Uh, heading to the COVID list, um, you know, making him the second lineman. And I think that one of the common themes in, in the Bills down the stretch has been not having a complete football uh, offensive line. And um, that certainly showed up in the first half. I will go to Scott, who sounded like he had watched more of the game than Paul when we talked earlier. <laughs> yes. So we're going to go to Scott first and give Paul a chance to watch any last minute plays he has to watch. <laughs> Uh, the, the bills have a good, had a good basketball offensive line. Well, unfortunately they continued to play football in this game against the Carolina Panthers. So that, that did not do as well for them. Um, there were a number of occasions where yes, one would, one would, one would find themselves screaming at the television or your phone or tablet being like, is anyone going to block today? Is anyone going to block today? Cause it, it did seem like no one was really interested in doing that. Even the people who ostensibly, you know, should be better at it, including Spencer Brown, who, you know, obviously like he's a rookie and putting a lot on his plate at all, starting as a rookie. And then in this game, obviously not only having to start, but to switch from right tackle to left tackle, which is not actually the same thing. Um, having to then do that uh, against what, None of us probably knew. If anyone did, anyone know that this was the number one pass defense in the league? Uh, in this game? I, Absolutely I, uh, not. Had no clue. Hundred percent. That shows you you get what you pay for on this podcast, which is nice. <laughs> um, but that that kind of thing is not something to be trivialized. And the fact that they were able to do as well as they did in this game speaks to um, not just the offensive line kind of gutting it out and manning managing to kind of get what they needed to out of this game. Um, but also just in general, the offensive performance. Obviously, I like seeing Gabe Davis more involved, as we were discussing during the during the game. You know, I don't think we've ever had a point where we said Gabe Davis got the ball too much during that game. Uh, I think in general, obviously, the defense, they did fine. Uh, obviously, the, Col- uh, the, the Colts, Panthers, um, extremely shorthanded with McCaffrey out and Cam Newton, 
who um, the ghost of Christmas future for Josh Allen. Hopefully not. Um, yeah. But, did you, but did you, was that the kicker you mentioned just now? Uh, no, said, I don't know. Oh, McCaffrey, right. I, I think we should also McCaff- point yeah. out that I don't know if you would have made a difference entirely in the game, but like losing your kicker about 15 minutes before the game starts is something that's not. Yeah, it's something that not most NFL teams plan for. Right. Um, and it obviously changes the, the game plan. And and to uh, I'd like to think that it affected. I didn't I didn't read any of the press coverage yet of McDermott's press conference or anything. Did he say that the fact that Carolina didn't have a kicker affected his decision to go um, to go for it on on the fourth down late? He, I he did not. I actually watched the press conference last night. So uh, he got a lot of stupid questions in fairness to him. But, so, but he did not <laughs> venture into that territory. Okay. There was yeah, a lot of asking about New England instead of asking about Carolina, which I don't know. It was a really interesting game from that perspective because, I mean, Carolina just was going for it from the get-go, um, including the two-point conversion, which changed the math on a lot of things. Um, it was very, it was a very awkward game in that way. Yeah, and and we discussed briefly also that you know the I, I was or we've discussed I mentioned and I can only assume that Paul and Frank agreed with me that chaos kind of favors the weaker team. Um, if everything's go- supposed to go like it's supposed to go, then the team that's favored, certainly the team that's favored by 10.5 points, should have no problems. And obviously the Bills really only put this game on ice until the fourth quarter. So I, I think I, w- I appreciate, this is a bit of, I appreciate the mental toughness that they were able to put away a team that was inferior. At the same time, I was as I am concerned by the fact that they needed four quarters to put away a Carolina Panthers team that had nothing to play for and had their best player injured and really didn't have that much to bring to the table. So I, I'm not overly encouraged by this game, but it's sure as heck better than losing it. Obviously we have been on the losing end of these kind of games, so I will certainly take it. And um, yeah, no, onto, onto the big game. Yeah. I think as I look at, McDermott's press conference, I think his exact quote on the fourth down is, well, we were up 10 and we were 10.5 point favorites. So for all of our friends in Vegas, we wanted to get a touchdown there. No, actually, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. I, made, I made that up entirely. But yeah, this was, uh, is, is spoiler alert for, for our listeners. I did not watch the game live, so I had a much different experience. I did find that on this website called YouTube, you can watch an entire game an entire game in about 35 minutes. And that's with replays because you just do not realize how much of football is players standing around while a clock runs. It yeah. is, it is unbelievable. Uh, so I, my impression was, you know, largely it was entirely in hindsight, other than some of the interactions that I was having with the guys during the game as they, they gave me play by plays. Yeah, this was, it was a game that you needed to win in any fashion you needed to win. And with Cody Ford having gone ahead and, you know, given all of the bills, some weird form of COVID-19 on the offensive line so he could continue to get in the lineup. Uh, he's becoming Nathan Peterman 2.0 and that things keep happening that just keep seem to, to force him into the lineup. Um, this is a win you you take. Cam Newton is is long gone at this point. I would call him a shell of Cam Newton, but that's uh, that's an insult to the quarterback we saw last year who was a shell of Cam Newton. This is a, a shell of a shell of Cam Newton. So they they did admirably against, as Scott mentioned, the number one pass defense, which, of course, uh, we all really knew. We're just trying to be humble. 
And, you know, they, they made some some big plays and they need to. We've seen a lot of press for Gabe Davis because of his touchdown catching abilities. I do think it's safe to say at this point that we've seen more of him in recent weeks than we have with Manuel Sanders and that it's time to give Davis more time. I was pleased that they stuck with Devin Singletary, Frank's favorite player uh, of all time. So they he, he didn't have a great yards per carry, but he had some impact runs. He did a good job with a... Uh, a mediocre on a good day offensive line in front of him to to pick up some key gains to get I think he got up to 88 yards or so so you know th- that helped give the offense a little bit more balance when you can hand it to a running back 22 times and, and open up some things in the passing game Josh didn't have an exceptional day he had the one good scramble he had a couple good passes the the touchdown the first touchdown pass to Davis I thought was was excellent in the back of the end zone he was off target a little bit all day but you know what? It, a win's a win. And yeah, on the defense, I mean, they, I think 14 points is the maximum they could have allowed before I would have gotten pissed. I think if they allowed more than 14 points to that McCaffrey list, quarterback list offense, and also offensive line list, largely offense, that I would have had some severe issues with, with how they played. They only had a few questionable drives where the, the Panthers were able to go down, two of which ended up in, in touchdowns. Overall, though, the, let's face it, this was just kind of the appetizer game. If they lost this game, all we would be talking, we wouldn't even really, we wouldn't be previewing the Patriots game as much as we'd be talking about next season, because <laughs> this team would obviously not be a team that we could depend on doing anything in the playoffs if they're losing at home to a depleted Panther, a depleted kickerless Panthers team. So they did what they had to do. This is kind of the appetizer for this, this podcast. So I, I, I think I'm largely done covering the Panthers at this point. Um, I have a few more things to say, I think. Um, I mean, right. I'm done covering the Panthers. You can cover them as much as you want. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the 22 for 86 yards, by the way, Devin Singletary, right. um, you know, definitely frustrating in the third quarter when they seemed to feel like they needed to run it between the guards um, many times. They just thought they were they just decided they were going to try and run the clock down. And, you know, granted, on the last drive that mattered, they get the touchdown on, on the fourth and, and two, um, which we. So, Scott, did we lose Frank again? Oh, he must have heard the point I was going to make and preemptively cut his mic because right. he knew I was going to destroy How about it. Now? That now works. Now, now we can hear. I don't you. know. I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> that's have like three straight pods uh, where it randomly goes out. Like, have you yeah, reconsidered yeah. your thoughts, Frank? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> okay. So uh, I had said that I was annoyed that they were running between the, the the guards. I had said that I didn't like the fact that they tried to be a, a running team to finish the game with like 13 minutes left. Um, I appreciated the the gumption at the end of the game when they get the fourth and two, and they they correctly identify that being up 13 isn't all that great it's not being up 13 isn't all that different from being up um seven or, or with this team so or um yeah being up 10 um you know the panthers really were incapable for most of the day i wonder if they had a kicker if it would have been worse because i know that on the broadcast they were talking about well if you had made this field goal now it's a seven point game but i also don't know that the panthers um are playing as urgently if they have a kicker and they can get three points here and three points there, it might've been, it might've been more of a, a 10 point or nine point game or something. It might've gotten a little more out of hand, but you never can tell. Uh, never, you certainly don't ever want to say like, you know, 
the, the kickers holding them back or anything like that. Just I was wondering about the the math of the situation and how that might go. Okay. Um, Allen, not his best game. Um, I think that it really shows how important the line is. You know, I, I'd say like his first five or six throws were almost in anticipation of being destroyed. Like I, I felt like he was playing with the ghosts of previous games with some of the, the errant throws that he made. It looked like he was trying to like get it out of his hand as fast as possible. Um, and that was even kind of before the rush had got there. Um, then later in the first quarter, the rush does get there. And then by the end, they definitely have made adjustments and and and, and not just adjustments. They the, the line tightens up. The line the line plays better. Um, you know that's good. And you know Diggs gets involved. Gabe gets involved. Um, I, Jer- shout out to Jeremy Chin. That was a really savvy little move that he makes to pick off Allen. It looked terrible on the initial throw, and then when you watch the replay, you kind of see what Allen sees and. And Chin absolutely, you know, destroys him, makes a really good play. Um, So kudos to him. And other than that, uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is all a prelude to New England and the final two games of the season, which are just as important as this one. Um, And with that, we should go to three stars because I was certainly doing some three stars ranking in my head as the game went on and maybe even mentioned some of it on our our uh, text chain. Yes, and uh, I am. I will also say briefly, Frank, on your points. I agree. I was also concerned that we were running too much in the third quarter. I will. I will say that proudly. We went into the kind of oh, we got this. We can run the game out, and we were definitely not that that far ahead that we could do that. And that was a poor choice, and it ended up it ended up making the the fourth quarter more in question when it didn't need to be. Yeah. Uh, on to on to the the stars and the honorable mentions. Um, I will give a honorable mention to, uh, let's see, who gets it? It is F.A. Obata. Nice mm-hmm. game with the two sacks, including the key one uh, on fourth down, right? Yeah, career yep. day for F.A. Obata. Absolutely. Um, you know, and again, you know, credit to Bean, I guess, for, I mean, I guess Obata wasn't the difference in this game. I'm, I'm not sure that someone else wouldn't have made that sack if they were in that position. But he, he clearly came, and he, he was prepared, and obviously highly motivated playing against uh, an, his former team, as I'm sure many of the former Panthers were, um, and did a did a nice job getting the two sacks there. Um, For every edge-rushing uh, draft pick that Bean screws up, he makes a decent edge-rushing free agent signing. I think that's about the ratio. Yes, and I will say this. I will also give uh, an honorable mention to Devin Singletary. 22 carries, 86 yards on the ground. One reception for 10 yards. Um, had the touchdown as well. And perhaps most importantly, I would say for Devin, didn't do that thing that he is often known to do. <laughs> which I won't go into much further than that because it doesn't really seem like it's super necessary. And there's no reason to belabor the point. So I'll just move on. Sometimes he does these things that are annoying, so let's not talk about it anymore. Um, anyway, uh, moving on to our actual three stars. Um, so I will give uh, one third star to who was it? They were here on my list. Where is my list? Um, maybe you left it at the bar. <laughs> uh, yes, maybe I did leave it at the bar. Maybe <laughs> I am drunk right now. No. Um, no, I'm definitely going to choke right now. There it is. Yet or gross Matos. 
um, for the Carolina defense, who had two and a half sacks today, which is a good day at the office for most people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, again, the Bills' offensive line, not at their strongest point, but certainly credit to Carolina, where credit is due. They obviously took advantage of that and put a, had a lot of pressure on Allen to where this game was really not safe until uh, late in the fourth quarter. And so uh, credit to them, obviously a good game for the former Penn State um, All-Big Ten player. Uh, moving on to second star, I go to one Mr. Josh Allen, not Cam Newton. Frank had mm-hmm. suggested that Cam Newton might be in the picture for three stars. Unfortunately, if you are a quarterback and you throw for less than like 175 yards, it's going to be tough for you to do that. I, I think I, I, to be fair, I think I was saying that like at the time yes. when they're down 10 and he's making some nice plays to get them down to potential scoring. I was like, okay, if he gets in here, he might, this might be a, a, a star changer, but you know, obviously it falls apart on him. Yes. No. I, and, and yes, Cam Newton was a great player and uh, uh, a great quarterback. And there were, times when he did seem like superman on the field unfortunately those times are are very much in the past um but yes he did not make the cut josh allen did second star 19 to 34 210 yards the three touchdowns and the interception the four sacks obviously again as much on the line as on allen um uh, he also had the three carries for 24 yards obviously a lot less mobile um hopefully that's not the lingering foot thing it probably is the lingering foot thing but hopefully it only lingers for for one week or two because he's hopefully it's just one week because he's 24 or 25 and and all your tendons are still very springy at that age. Um, so continue to keep your springy tendons, Josh. And I will say also keep your springy tendons. First star Gabriel Davis, five catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns on the seven targets. Um, I'm gonna say Gabe's probably first day as a third star or as a first star. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Who? Uh, Again, very competent, getting open, catching the ball, doing the things that wide receivers do in the NFL, and that's how you get a first star, is being good at your job. So, yes, a deeply incisive and uh, intelligent and unique three stars for you guys. Enjoy. Terrible. Just terrible. Fair enough. <laughs> um, very good. Okay, so with that, Briefly, let me. I'm gonna. I was gonna list off the playoff seating. I know the Chief, uh, NFL playoff standings. Um, you got the Chiefs are in first. They're the number one overall seed, followed by the number two. Is it the Bengals? Come on, NFL load faster. No, number two is the Patriots. Excuse me, at mm-hmm. nine and five. Then you've got two eight and six teams: the Bengals and the Colts, um, leaders of their division. Then you have the in the. Um, I'm sorry, no, the Bengals and the Titans are let me start again. The Chiefs are ten and four. <laughs> the Patriots and the Titans are nine and five. Sorry, the page loaded weird and then it scrolled on me fast. They're the two and three seeds. The Titans are the third seed. Um, you know, both those teams lose. Uh they would have been ten and four and in the discussion for the one seed. Actually, I think the Patriots would have been the one seed, but there you go. The Bengals are the fourth seed at eight and six. Then you have three, eight and six wildcard teams with the Colts, the Chargers, and the Bills. And on the outside looking in are the eight and six Ravens, the seven, six and one Steelers. Technically the seven and seven Dolphins are still alive. Um and then the one team I haven't mentioned is the seven, six, seven and six Browns. If the Browns win there, is it tonight or tomorrow? 
today, like an hour that, from it's now. It's like literally an hour from now, right? So by we the time Bills Chiefs twenty twenty time. Yes, yes. And then there are weird games tomorrow too. But this one, the Browns and Raiders is the one that matters for the Bills, sorta kinda. It, right. it the, the, the Broncos are also like seven and seven, but if the Broncos come to play with the Bills in any way, we we got problems. Yeah, I think it's only the Dolphins because they they have a weird math. I was just mentioning the Dolphins because they have a weird mathematical way to actually win the division. But oh, it, it, you know what, it, Frank? If you weren't a Bills fan, what would you think of this? Cha- you would love this chaos so much. Oh, so, I would. No. So, so I, the Pats say the Pats beat the Bills on Sunday, and then they lose to the Jaguars and lose to the Dolphins. The Bills right. win their last two games after losing the Pats. The Dolphins win out. AFC oh. East, 10 and 7, 10 and 7, 10 and 7, with the Patriots having swept the Bills, the Bills having swept the Dolphins, and the Dolphins having swept the Patriots. What now, motherfuckers? I don't know who would win that division right there. I think that's like the way that the Dolphins get in, and they, or no, I think they could take, I think the Dolphins want a, the Dolphins re, to, to get into, the playoffs, they have like a 7% odds. To win the division, I think they need a scenario whereby they and the Patriots both end up 10 and 7 in the in the Dolphins sweep them. And I think that's how they get there. So the Dolphins have to win out. They have to hope that the Patriots, uh, you know, beat the Bills, hopefully would be the game they would want them to win. And the Bills then drop back and lose another game to go to 9 and 8. I think that's how it works. That's not going to happen, but it was fun to talk about. All about idle speculation on this pod. Is Frank not here to? I think I think Frank's not here. Yeah. Oh man, another another Frank MIA. Um, I feel like I am happy where the Bills are right now, considering they've how well they played this season, which is very inconsistent and poorly. Um, well, I, uh, sh- sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we've had some technical difficulties. I'm not entirely sure where we left off. We were discussing the playoff seating, Chiefs, Patriots, Titans, Bengals, Colts, Chargers, Bills, and I had just was trying to mention that the, the Browns, if they win, would temporarily be in the seventh spot. And I was going to turn this over to Paul, who I believe had explained how there could be massive chaos in the AFC East um, with some all 10 and 7 teams. I think if the Bills were to lose a game, that's how the Dolphins end up winning because they own the head-to-head with the um the Pats, uh, yep the past hey oh there there's scott scott popped up on video for a second looking super handsome so that you could tell so that you could turn off your video oh yeah fine whatever uh, <laughs> <laughs> did we all go to happy hour today nope. i'm readily turned on my video now for no there reason. You go. okay let me set up my question now here we go okay here's my question or here's my 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 turning thought to to, to paul um you know, you've got a chaotic AFC North with three, eight, and six teams in one, seven, and seven, six, and one team. Or you could if if the, the Cleveland wins. But they're all within a game to a half a game of each other. The Titans are absolutely falling apart. The Patriots are in front of the Bills. And if the Bills take care of business, they're going to be relegated to the bottom half of the thing. And you own the tiebreaker with the Chiefs. So what I want to say is not that anything could happen, but anybody seems like they could end up anywhere. That's kind of where I was going to go. And I wanted you to discuss. It's not just open. It's open that like a whole bunch of teams that aren't in the playoffs could still make them. But it's also open that like I don't know anything about the top four seeds right now because it is hella close. And there are some 
fun tiebreakers. Yeah, as, as yeah. Gorilla Monsoon would say, it is pandemonium right now. And uh, since you're going to turn to me originally, I'm jumping in first. Just That's what I want. Okay. Sorry, I'm going to go parent for a second while you guys discuss this. All right. So, yeah, this is everything is as, as wide open as can be. As Frank mentioned, the Titans are falling apart, but they are almost certain to win the division, barring what would be an absurd collapse that would involve them losing games to end the season here. Uh, it's like a game to the Texans uh, and, the, and the Colts winning out with a tough schedule. You know, there, there's some things that can't happen there, but the Titans are a 97% chance to make the playoffs. So they're going to be there. The Ravens have good odds, but the way things are going right now and with Lamar being hurt and all of a sudden the Bengals are 50-50 to win that division and the, the everyone else being 7-6-1 and one or better in that division with the Browns about to play. This is just insanity. Uh, what could happen here, I think, is a Bills fan. And from the Bills perspective, I am trying simply to focus on the Bills games because if they win on Sunday, that is enormously huge. It even allows them for a slight slip up against, say, the Falcons, an NFC team that they could afford to lose against as long as they beat the Jets, because then you could still you'd still be 10 and seven and you'd almost certainly be in the playoffs without like record because you'd have teams like the NFC North teams and you know, the Colts and Broncos and Chargers kind of beating each other up a little bit. And all of a sudden, the Bills can rise up that way. So at this point, I'm largely, as far as rooting interest, singularly focused on the Bills uh, and, and what they can do because everything behind them is a mess. Uh, I don't want to go into the NFC too much because that's not the Bills conference, other than to say that is also Madcap and Sandy right there when you have a you know, the cream of the crop seemed to be the Cardinals, and then they go on the road and lose to the Lions. That is a Bills-Jaguars-esque loss. The Packers have been, are the best right now at 11-3, but they've still been a bit up and down. Uh, the Saints, who looked dead in the water against the Bills, are all of a sudden the seventh seed in the NFC right now and would make the playoffs today. So this has just been a, a wildly entertaining season so far uh, as we approach these playoffs. To put yeah. a, to Just to quickly put numbers on what Paul said, the the Bills beating the Patriots is the most important, followed by the Jets and then the Falcons. The the least favorable two and one would be to beat the Falcons and the Jets and then lose to the Patriots. You'd be 84% to make the wild card, um, but 16% chance out. Everything else pretty much – no, Bill – no, yeah, yeah, sorry, or losing to the Jets. Third – you'd be 9% out. You'd be at 91%. Right, yeah. The, the key is, is is you put it in the right rank order, Frank. You beat the Patriots, you beat the Jets, you are at 99% to make the playoffs with 83% of that is, would be to win the division. So Right. So you'd be in a good, you'd be in a good spot. Right. Um, I will say I don't really care. The only thing I care about is winning the division and then after that making the playoffs. And I will just say no one should get really... Um, worried about anything other than those two things i'm not saying that there are a lot of people that are but in terms of like seatings and things i would say that it is a hundred percent a giant pachinko machine in terms of how it is going to play out right now because in the first round you could like frank is saying like if the titans scrape together one more win they could potentially be a playoff they could they still have a very good decent chance of being a playoff team even at nine and seven um they still have a pretty decent chance and they you'd be very excited to play them given their their kind of injury situation um the bengal like same thing with the ravens if they were able to gut one out and get in um but jackson is injured or whatever that would be the same deal um at the same time 
you would be terrified of playing the Colts in the first round because obviously they are a terrible matchup for the Bills and seem to be playing really well right now. Same mm-hmm. thing with same thing with the Bengals on some level as a team that can score a ton of points um, and has a defense that can do some things. So I guess again, like obviously, I it's easy, yeah. So I it's it's very simple. You have to root for the Bills to try and get home field advantage strictly because you can get home field advantage and that obviously accrues a, a certain amount of. Um, advantages to the bills and then after that it's just get into the get into the tournament and then you figure out where you're going to go and yeah. I, think, I think you you just the, trying to get more worked up about it than that is is not terribly helpful yeah in a weird way i'm i'm with you scott because if if the bills were the six or seven seed and found themselves playing the titans and the page or the patriots on the road i mean as of like right this minute i think i'd feel much better than being the two or three seed and hosting a team like Cincinnati or Indiana, because I don't know if they yeah. know what to like. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't want Mixon or Taylor in the first round, right? <laughs> and I don't know that they have any sort of ability to plan for it, right? Like I don't know that there's like I can look at those losses against the Patriots and the Titans, and we'll talk about the Patriots more later, and say, yeah, okay, I I see how the Bills can win that game versus the Colts and the Bengals. Like, I, not that they can't beat them. But it would require a serious overhaul of what they do. And, you know, and I prefer the one that looks like the simpler path, which strangely isn't necessarily the team at teams at the top, except for the Chiefs. I believe in the Chiefs. And, you know, that would be a heck of a match. Chiefs are different now. Yeah, they're playing defense again, which is concerning. They are for the first time since week five, the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl. So that's good for them. Although still haven't clinched a playoff spot. We are 14 games into the season and no AFC team is, is clinched a playoff spot at this point. So there you go. Yeah, and I think only the... Oh, no. I think Dallas has clinched a spot. Yeah, Dallas and Green Bay have clinched in the NFC. But they're uh, not... Um, But they're not... Um, What am I trying to say? No, the, well, this is saying that they have it. But I, you know what? I don't think the NFL has updated everything yet. Okay, we're just going to leave Yeah, they it. haven't clinched the division because Washington plays either. T- I think they play tomorrow. I don't know what the hell is going on nowadays. So mm-hmm. I think they clinched the division if Washington. Well, I think Washington plays the Eagles. So if there's unless there's a tie, you know what? I, I'm going down the rabbit hole. I'm going to shut up. Okay. Do we have any new information about. Oh, no, no. I don't. I don't have any new information, Frank. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've lost Frank again. Hopefully, hopefully he comes back. This is so bizarre. What? There, you're back now. Okay. It's something to do with touching the microphone, but the other time it definitely like all of Skype shut down. So they, <laughs> I, I think this is like a Windows 11 thing because I upgraded a couple weeks ago and I think it doesn't play with Skype fully nicely. What I was saying was, first of all, how dare you, Scott, not have any new information for us? Um, and second of all, I was transitioning with the idea that, you know, no new injuries to speak of from the game yesterday. But we had remarked about the epic number of players who were getting COVID. Um, on the just, on the bills and league wide. Yeah, more so league wide and actually worldwide and sports wide uh, sports worldwide. Um, but, you know, here come here come the bills. I haven't seen any mentions of anything. No, and, it's and McDermott's th- having his press conference right now and literally said three minutes ago that there's no update on either Dion or John. The hope would be Dion comes back before uh, John, but we just don't know yet, says McDermott. And that was as of 4.03 p.m. 
He was also impressed with Mac Jones and how he brought the team back in Indy. And there you go. Up to the date news. Yep, the hope would be Diane is back before John. Um, or they could maybe come at the same time. That's what she said. What about what about Jack and Diane? Would they be <laughs> at the same time? Or are they... I would play. I don't know who Diane is, but I would play Diane over Ford <laughs> at this point. Um, <laughs> do we have any? We have two uh-huh. listener questions. Yeah, that's what Despite I want. Despite me putting that out the last minute, we have one from uh, Wales and then one from uh, Ireland, South Dublin. Let me re- let me read them, and you per- you save your voice for. This day in what's in Mahoosets. Bill's headlines, I yeah. think. Yeah. What's your Bill's related Christmas wishes and happy holidays comes from oh. George Hutchinson in Wales. Um, happy holidays to you, to George and all other listeners, uh, except for those who don't want a happy holiday. Right. If you're a masochist, have a miserable holiday. Have a terrible time. Yeah. Uh, uh, I do I have a bills related. Wi- do you have a bills related wish? I no, mean, mine is. Just, I, I'll think of one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine, mine is just beating the Patriots. Really, that that's all right now. Hmm. I'm gonna make that my. Well, I gotta make it my Christmas wish because my birthday is on Monday. That's right. So yes, I guess my holiday, my Christmas wish will have to be beating the Patriots, and then my birthday wish will be beating the falcons no my birthday wish will be um i don't need any help yeah new year's wish will be beating the falcons my birthday wish will be um all the other like patrick mahomes uh and all the other teams fart and can't play football anymore and patrick mahomes retires to play baseball yep exactly yep (laughs) it's a debilitating case of the farts yep (laughs) That's it's claimed so many athletes in their prime. Lamar Jackson pooped himself last year, so yeah. CM Punk also crapped himself. But I need to look up that story. That's it was. He just uh, he once tweeted. uh, He tweeted right after an episode. Just shit my britches on SmackDown. So (laughs) that is exactly how he was not shy about uh, telling the world what had happened. Cult of poopsonality. Scott, did you have a, a yes? Holiday my wish? my Christmas wish <laughs> just just to be different. It does not involve feces. Um, it would be for um, Devin Singletary to have a different set of um, eyes and um, faster legs and surer hands. And a more tough body and um, a stronger core and better balance. And I think that's everything. Oh, jeez. God bless us, everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's, it's this. He's if the I Bill's may, tiny Tim, apparently. If, if, if I may, it is much like the Ghostbusters car in the first movie where... He says, yeah, it's doing great. All it needs is new shock struts, uh, air conditioner, coolant, engine, <laughs> rear view mirror, uh, front view mirror, uh, you know, four new tires and a uh, new paint job. It's like, other than that, tw- 12 grand. Right. <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't if it wasn't for the skill and the talent and the training and the effort and the exercise, I would be just as good as most of these athletes out here. Um, 
is, should Gabe Davis now be the Bills' number two receiver, or will Sanders be given more the more snaps when he's back? Beasley looks to be slowing. Was that an impressive win versus a good D or just an okay win versus a very poor offense? That's Hamish in Ireland. Uh, Hamish, I think we answered a lot of that. I think that we are all on page for Gabe Davis having a bigger role. I don't know. I don't know if he has to be like the declared number two before the end of the year, but I would like the idea that he would be the number two going into next year. And we're talking about replacing, you know, just slot receiver um and 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 the like um which worries the question if mckenzie moves into the slot or do you because davis has played the slot maybe he becomes a slot receiver next year and you replace sanders with some other fast outside receiver right two ways it could go but i think he should be in the you know with the with the bills the way they line up i mean one two and three they they're always on the field so it almost doesn't matter which x y and z they are um as long as he's out there you know, looking to be a high level option. I'm good with that. And then I don't know how to answer the question about whether it was an impressive win versus a good D or just an okay win versus a poor offense. (laughs) The answer is yes. (laughs) I think so. I think the, I think it's a absolute, a win is a win. And really given the limitations of the offense, when the offensive line isn't, isn't available, I, it was certainly the best effort I've seen when it's the best game they played with Cody Ford on the field. I think this year, right. I, I would say I, so, I would definitely say it was an impressive win against a good D because they weren't aided by a particularly great field position. It, the The Panthers didn't have any disasters on kickoffs or hand the bills, except they had one turnover. But that was at the, the on the very last drive at the end of the game. So that was good job by the bills offense to win. And yeah, just saying just an OK win versus very poor offense. I, I don't know. I like I said that two or three questionable drives. Uh, that you wouldn't like to see the bills allow, but that's going to happen during the course of a football game. So I, I think it was. It was a good win. Don't get me wrong. Team they absolutely had to beat or else it would have been embarrassing. But still, they, they beat them in the way they should have beaten them. And they won 31 to 14. Yeah. So I mean, like, it, sorry. Yeah, I think you have to. I think you like it's like, could there have been things they didn't matter? Sure. Would you like to see them run away with this in the first half and put them away? Sure. Could the Bills have gone out there and lost like they did the Jaguars? Yes, they could have. Could they have lost like the Cardinals somehow lost to the Lions on Sunday? With it, you know, admittedly with a with a nicked up Kyler Murray and a injured DeAndre Hopkins, but like there are plenty of like actually losing is the worst thing. So yeah, right. So the fact that they came out and still got the W on the board, nobody was injured coming out of the game. You know that that those are all those are the big things, and you, you keep moving on. So I mean, I think it's I think it's a good win. You know, it's a good as win as it could be. Let's, let's what? One last thing on this, and then we'll go to this day in Bill's headlines. If you rearrange when and how the drives happen and everything else stays the same, you could come away from this game thinking, well, yeah, they scored a lot early, you know, and then the Panthers kind of came back in and and it was a certain they, they played, you know, you'd be much more impressed with it if, you know, they get up 24 to 7 or, or 24 to 8 or something at the half and then slowly you, you finish up at 34 to to 14 that might feel like a completely different type of football game even though the the score and the stats could all be the same um so you know try not to let the the game script dictate too much of how you feel but also it's important because it was how the game was played okay paul give us this day in bill's headlines with pleasure we'll go from there 
All right, so this is Bill's headlines. December 20th is the year. Uh, we finally have a death today. Uh, we haven't had this death in Bill's headlines. Uh, rest in peace to Robert Eddins, who died in the age of 2016, the age of 28, played for the Bills in 2011. Uh, most known for his quote, being inconsistent makes you non-existent. So thank you for that. Uh, words of wisdom that, that have outlasted you, Robert Eddins. All right, 2020, Bill's blank relies on running back instincts to score defensive touchdown. I told you guys there's something about when my hands touch the ball, it's like running back instincts when I played back in high school in Peewee. They just kind of kick in. It was a great play by Trey White to come on that blitz and do what we talked about. We always talk about getting the ball away from the quarterback with a tomahawk chop, and Trey was perfect, man. It was textbook. I figured if he make, made all that work, the least I could do was go ahead and put an exclamation point on it and get six points. I want to say Micah Hyde for some reason. I'm not even sure that's right. It's a good guess. It is not correct, though. This was, a, if it helps you guys, this was, a, this was in the division clinching win over the Broncos on Saturday evening football last year. This was a big win, right? We were, it was, yeah. Clinched that division. They what? They put up a ton of points. Yeah. Yeah, it was a block. Um, it was early. This guy was on the Stain Bills headlines last week as well. So I hesitate. Jordan Poyer? No, no. Sorry, I, I had to answer the door. So that's all right. Uh, he was a running back in high school and was pissed mm-hmm. when he went to college that they moved him to defensive end. Jerry Hughes? Jerry Hughes, yes. And he said he was waiting forever for them to move him back to running back, and they never did. So he appreciates the opportunity to get the ball whenever he can. Okay. All right, we've got two headlines from 2019. Let's see if you can get these. After a Pro Bowl snub, Bill's blank focused on rematch with Patriots Stefan Gilmore. I don't even care about any Pro Bowl, said Blank, who is named a fourth alternate to me. It's about popularity. I already knew the snub was coming, so at the end of the day, it is what it is. I'm not upset or nothing. At the end of the day, I'm just focused on winning. 2018? Be 19. So before Diggs, though, right? Yep. Yes. How about John Brown? John yeah. Brown. Good job, yeah. Frank. The other one from 2019, also Pro Bowl related. He's bowled at 299 and was adopted in his adult. What you don't know about blank. Whoever didn't vote for blank, you're not my friend, Ed Oliver said Wednesday afternoon. I vote for him and I feel like he should be a starter in the Pro Bowl, point blank, period. Competing with him has elevated my game. That's why I'm hurt that he's not a Pro Bowler. It notes that uh, by the time this player was two years old, both of his parents were out of his life. His grandparents took over his care, but it became too difficult in their advancing age. So he bounced around and lived with families in the Wichita area. The last of those were the Wagner, Shane and Cindy, and their son, Zach. So tight is their relationship that two years ago, he asked the Wagners to legally adopt him. Uh, and yeah, the bowling yes, stuff. Phillips? Um, you've got the right last name. Jordan. Jordan Phillips. You tag teamed on that one. All right. More Pro Bowls. 2017, Bill sends safety blank, running back blank, and offensive lineman blank to Pro Bowl. 2017, McDermott won. Yep. Um, So so mm. before Hayden, wait, no, Hayden Poyer would have been brought in at this point. Yeah, they were really quickly there. Yeah. So... But it's a running back, a safety, and a what? An offensive lineman. Okay. So Cordy Glenn? Not Glenn, no. Uh, the retired Eric Wood? No, but good guess. He would have been a pro Bowl in 2016. Incognito? Incognito. So Incognito. we got the lineman. Down to his safety and a running back. 
So Hyde. McCoy. Hyde is the safety. And McCoy. I, go ahead, Frank McCoy. McCoy. All right, there we go. Yeah, you guys all right, it. yeah. All right. Talk now. 2012, Bill's blank stands by Toronto joke comments. Yeah, I did call it a joke, and that's how I felt the other day. The stirred up offensive lineman said it just it stunk that we were up there, and I was heated when I said that, and I'm not going to sit here and retract all my sayings because it's what I meant and what I felt. Hopefully in the future it improves. Blank ad, he understands how playing games in Canada's financial capital in larger city benefits a small market team, enjoys traveling to Toronto and taking advantage of what the city has to offer culturally. What he doesn't enjoy is playing games there. He has been mentioned on this podcast very within the like, last two minutes. Okay, so Richie Incognito. Nope. But one, Eric Wood. Eric Wood, there we go. All right, this one's a, a top. You, you struggle with this one sometimes, guys, but I I don't I know. Maybe I, I have hope for you today uh, on this name. 2011, blank rolling on returns. Blank returning kickoffs has been a positive, said head coach Chan Gailey. I thought what that looked good for what he may bring us in the future. Um, so this is the reason. No, no, this is a rookie Bills seventh round pick out of Richmond, and he would be a frequent target of our ire in our very first season of podcast in the 2012 season because they decided that he was also starting cornerback material, and they plugged him in there, and he continually got burned. Eventually, they waived him in November of 2013. He bounced around the NFL and CFL a few more seasons. But Sweet. we ragged on this guy all the time, and he deserved it. Not as a human being, but as a football player, for sure. Uh, yeah, this one's not coming up. Yeah. It's all right. You guys will get this uh, next year when I give this hint, uh, when I give this uh, this guy as a name. Raul right. Julia. Uh, Raul Julia, the... Uh, uh, what was his? Uh, he did that. Famous uh, for Gomez Adams, of course. Yes, and, uh, and he was also in the Mission, which was a great Catholic movie. And his last movie mm-hmm. was that terrible Jean Claude Van Damme video game movie, where he was just exceptional. Street Fighter. It. Street Fighter. Street Fighter. As yeah, Baron. he was. Um, he right? was. Uh, he was the, the bear. Bison. Yeah. yeah and Bison. And bison. bison. Fun fact, he only took that role because he knew it was going to be his last film role, and his grandson really liked the fran- the Street Fighter franchise, and he wanted his grandson to have something to remember him by. So. Did oh, yeah, that terrible? Yep. Just oh, the answer was it. Justin Rogers, by the way. But I'm much rather talk about Rogers. Rogers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 2008. 60 seconds with blank. This was a Bills website feature where they spent 60 seconds talking to a player. <laughs> he could be a total disaster. He could be. Oh, whoops! I gave the wrong. I forgot to plug in the information on this player uh, from the damn headline, which thankfully I've saved on this other page. And I'm going to scroll too quickly. Okay. We didn't have a football program in high school, so I didn't know much about it. Basketball was all I knew. I dreamed of playing the NBA, but I'm the NFL, so it's all good. Basketball did help me to do what I'm doing now because I have good, quick feet. Now, there's a reason you might know this guy uh, by based on me talking a lot about his love of basketball. Which I will just tell you explicitly was that his dad was an NBA star. Oh, the mailman. Yeah. And his kid was the offensive lineman. He had, well, one of yep. his, like, 50 kids. Yes. Um, um, yes. I feel like I should give you credit because I it think wasn't, that's... It wasn't, but it's not Chantrell, and it's no. not no. not Jason Trouble Peters. Is. One good year as a, as a left tackle, and then he went to, he was kind of bad after that. He went to Philly, and he was atrocious as a left tackle and was out of the league. Or atrocious as a right tackle in Philly. Not Zabri Henderson. 
Wow, and I think that's Zabri Sanders, but you've combined Zabri him and Contrell Henderson into one super <laughs> mediocre offensive tackle. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, gosh, I can think, yeah, I remember this story, but I, the name eludes me, and so I'm going to have to say John, John Stockton. Not Stockton, <laughs> yes. Uh, it was Demetrius Bell. Demetrius, Demetrius Bell. Oh, oh. All right, you got you guys got the next two, so right. I'm I'm okay. you here. All right, blank on injured reserve, 2007. The Buffalo Bills put a 15th player on the injured reserve list Wednesday. <laughs> oh my lord, no wonder that team was terrible. Defensive yeah, end blank. Well, one of many reasons. Defensive end blank has been playing through soreness for the past seven weeks in a foot that he broke in the preseason. He injured the foot in Sunday's game at Cleveland, was declared out for the final two games. Taking blanks on the roster is offensive tackle Patrick Estes. I'm not. I have all this detail about Patrick Estes that we don't care about. So, well, uh, do slash we had a lineman named Patrick Estes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one wasn't gonna. No, I thought I, I could have made him oh, the You could make that. I've never heard the name Patrick Estes, but he played for the Bills. Um, defensive right. end, oh seven. Defensive end, oh seven. Second round pick of the Bills in 2002 out of BYU. Uh, seven, seven, eight years with the Bills in his last year with Houston. So it's after Showbowl. Yes, or it's during not, Showbowl. Okay. Yeah, he's still not, there. Not Kelsey. Nope. So you've named the not, other two defensive. So is it Ryan Denny? It is Ryan Denny. Ooh, look at you. Two Ooh. TD catches during his Bill career. I told you guys we'd get that one. Yeah, that, that one's all Scott. All right, 2004. Bills received big play from rookie Blank. Blank ran through a gap between long snapper Brad St. Louis, St. Louis, I don't know, uh, and the right guard, Doe Ford, blocked the punt and uh, sprinted to the end zone and fell on the ball for a touchdown. It was just all about determination, getting through there and trying to make a big play. And I did, said Blank, the first punt we rushed them, they were kind of soft. So I told Bobby April the next time we should blitz them. And he called the play and I got the block. Uh, of the 22-year-old, six-foot-four, 328-pound blank, special teams coach Bobby April noted he could be a heck of a tight end and he could be a heck of a tackle in this league, and we got him as a free agent. Jason Peters. Jason Peters, yes. Special teamer Jason Peters. Yep, he was wearing a number in the 80s then. I remember that, and he blocked it, and he just like went right into the end zone. He's like, "All right, well, I'm the only one here. I'll just fall on the ball for a touchdown." Uh, Here's another uh, added trivia question on us. Who does Jason Peters play for now, 17 years later? I know this because... Wasn't it the Washington football team? Yeah. No, no. no. He's in the NFC North. Yeah, we didn't play him, but he came up because we were... I was watching some game. Is he he a lion? He's a lion. No, no. No. A Viking. A bear. Bear. He he played him in the preseason. Yes. That is that That's it. Tom, we played him in the preseason. He there was, we go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's also now rated the number four tackle per PFF this year. I just like to rub in how pissed I am that we could battle last the uh, franchise left tackle the last 17 years. All right, last one. This is a rerun of one I originally asked. 1948. The Browns beat the Bills 49 to seven. The Buffalo Bills of the All American Football Conference. Uh, All-America Football Conference, won the East with a mediocre 7-7 record, beat the Baltimore Colts in the first round of the playoffs, and then faced the 14-0 Cleveland Browns. Uh, my great-uncle's favorite player, Cleveland back Marion Motley, ran 14 times for 133 yards and three TDs. 
The Bills' only TD came in a Jim Stills pass to Al Baldwin. The last score of the game came on a 39-yard interception return for a touchdown by the Browns' blank, who would later serve twice as the Bills' head coach, including leading them to two AFC championships in, AF, in 1964 and 1965. And I said AFC, I meant AFL. Right. Um, yes. Frank uh, struggle with this, but he's got a better chance. He has a better chance of getting it, but if I give the hint, I think Scott gets this. No, it's Chuck. No. Oh, you're thinking of uh, Chuck Knox, which would be yeah. who's the Bills coach. He's All later. Right. I'll so give it's, the hint. It's, but, hold on. It's Buster something, right? Oh, no, not Buster. Damn it. All right, never mind. All right. So this will this will get it for Scott. His son has won seven national titles as a head coach, the most in college football history. Oh, so uh, it would be uh, Lou Saban. Lou Saban. All Lou right. Saban. Good job, Scott, father of Nick Saban. Uh, I might have Bills, gotten that one. Yep. Uh, two-time Bills head coach, uh, led them to two NFL titles, and that was this day in Bills headlines for December 20th. I wonder if that means Nick Saban spent time in Buffalo. You would have to think. So Nick Saban is yeah. 70, right? So he was born in like 41 uh, or 50. Yeah, 951, excuse me. And yeah, if the Bills were winning titles in 64 and 65, you would think he'd have he'd to. He'd be 14 or 15. Yeah. yeah. So he probably was there in Buffalo because you figure he would have moved with his dad. Yeah. Early life and education. Fairmont. Fairmont. Yep, we're both on his Wikipedia Oregon. page now. Yeah. Yeah, nothing on the Wikipedia page. Oh, he yeah. talks about the Kent State shooting, which I wrote a, a thesis on in, in high school. Yeah. And in college, I think, too. I wrote Monaghan High School in the small community of Monaghan, West Virginia. Well, you know, maybe they lived in West Virginia. And, well, it's and, at 68, so they might have saved yeah. the strip in Buffalo might have been over by then. So I'm curious. Uh, you know what? I'll, I can Google on the side, too. Well, yeah, we can. Well, we can look at that another day, too. Like, that's not a question that needs to be answered now. What needs to be answered now is who's going to win the matchup of all matchups? Bills Patriots. I, you have written plus two, Scott. Does that mean that the, the Patriots are favored by two? I wrote plus two, but yeah, the Patriots are favored by two. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. I just didn't know who had the plus two. Yep. So uh, basically a pick them if you, if you want to get honest. Um, you know, I think that the things I will say about the Patriots is I think their defense is definitely better. I probably was ready to get before. I also think that they're all nothing. Of. I really think that the Bills will have a better plan. The weather will cooperate this this year, this game. Um, I mean, I'm just going to come out here and, and, and start the picking because I, I think the Bills are going to win the ball game. And I think it's going to be I think it's going to be um, by a lot more. Than I, I, you know, I, I for me, uh, the issue is and, and, and it was really good. The issue this week almost with. You can't control for COVID. Okay? And so anything can happen. But assuming they get one of their two linemen back or both, hopefully, um, then, you know, the the Bills, I think, will be the better team on the field and it will bear out this time. Um, I think if they're not going to be better or if more people are going to get sick, then I knock on wood, I would never want to really say this, but it wouldn't hurt if a lot of people got sick and they just pushed the game because I don't know, like. 
to me, the, the this is really about if the Bills are healthy, um, you know, physically and and um, yeah, I guess physically with regards to virus too. Um, um, I I think the Bills' uh, passing attack will eventually break down. I think they will run with Josh Allen more. I think that they will have opportunities to beat the Patriots. I think the second time will help. And I think the thing that will really help is you just you won't be able to run the same way it will be different and i think the bills will key in on some stuff and they will force mac jones to beat them and i don't know he he saw some serious ghosts last week so we'll see if if the bills can repeat and add to that and i think they will and i think i am picking with everything going the right way i think this is a 31 to 14 game i think the bills can really establish themselves and i think that they're ready to and uh, i think they will shove it right up jerry sullivan's ass so there you go um scott what do you think I mean, you kind of want to see. Does does anyone have a read of what's happening with Harris? It seems like he was out for the. It the seems Paris, like the he's getting, game. I think he's supposed to be out this coming week too. From what I've read, Frank, I can uh, I'll do a little research on this too. I mean, I think that's that's not a nothing, right? Because I mean, it's not a nothing, but I think the the running game is the is just a problem for the Bills based more on the blocking than the running back. For me, I. I guess. I, I mean, it seems like it, it seems like if you take away Harris's 67-yard run, the Pats barely score that game, and the Bills don't have to feel the pressure of having to score yes. as much, which was not that much. Right. Um, so, I, I and, and the the Pats could not really run the ball effectively against uh, the Colts on Saturday. Um, Stevenson here at 10 for 36. Scott's breaking up. Oh yeah, he is a little bit. Yeah, do a quick re. Um, Sorry. No, you're fine. I'll just say that I agree so far because I really think if you when you look at that last game, I don't know what the Patriots did other than a, than that one run and a couple and and some luck and and the Bills were basically knocking on the door. I, my position is that they will be able to open the door a few times this week. Um, I think. I think what I will say, there though, is go. I'm also confident that Mac Jones can do a better job. And I'm not saying that he's going to light the field on fire, but he is also, like, it's very clearly a game plan choice by New England to run the ball more, partly due to the weather. And um, I don't think that they have been gun-shy with Mac Jones throughout the season. They're just kind of running a more conservative offense. And so that's what they they ran the uber-conservative offense with the weather problems um, that were that were obviously plainly evident throughout the game. So I think that the the Pats are going to score more points because of that. Um, I think that the the Harris injury does hurt them. Uh, I'd I'd like to think that I'd pick the Bills even if they weren't, even if Harris wasn't injured. Um, but at the same time, uh, I I think with him out, it makes me more confident that the Bills will be able to kind of get that early lead, which I think is super important for this team. I feel like I was talking to somebody today. I don't I don't know about you guys. I feel like Allen. Um, I don't want to say he like cracks under pressure, but it does feel like he he actively presses more when it yes. is yeah. late in the game. Yeah, and he doesn't and he's not. They he feels like it's all on him. And unfortunately, as often happens, the team takes on the character of the best player and or the, the, the highest paid player. Um, and then I feel like the rest of the offense starts pressing. There's more holding calls. There's more 
receivers who are overthinking it and and trying to get ahead by by either um, you know changing up their fundamentals, catching the ball, or they're trying to run before they secure the catch. Whatever it is, I feel like everyone starts pressing and it doesn't run well. I think hopefully the Bills can kind of get enough of a lead early on that they don't have to deal with that. Um, obviously, it's going to be a hostile environment in New England. I don't think that's going to be a huge issue. Um, but long story short, I, th- I do think the Bills win. I don't think it's a, a blowout. I don't think that we're. I don't think the, the Pats defense is is uh, anything to sneeze at. They've been good um, for a lot of the season. It's not like the Colts ran away from them. Obviously, the Taylor had the one you know breakaway touchdown late to put it away. Um, so I would say I think the Bills can get to uh, 27. And I think the Pats get to 23. So a, a good, a good win, a solid win, but not a, not a blowout. Boy, that was an excellent analysis. And I think Frank also with a, a little more conservative score than his 700 to two, uh, I believe for this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this is a, a tough game. You guys went into so much detail. I don't want to spend too much time on this. I think one of the key points Scott brought up was that, that Mac Jones will certainly complete more than two passes this week. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the Patriots will certainly have a different approach. The weather will not be great in New England this week either for passing games uh, based on the early forecast. It won't be terrible, but it won't be uh, won't be sp- phenomenal either. I think, you know, it's tough for me. I have to pick pick New England in this one. It's it's a matter of them coming to Buffalo, coming up with a game plan and and beating the Bills in front of a screaming crowd uh, in prime time. Now the Patriots are going to have that advantage on their side we could get in a situation as scott notes where josh allen is pressing where he's playing hero ball because the people around him aren't doing what they should do uh i think there's going to be some nerves on this and let's hope that you guys are right and i am wrong i'm going to say the patriots 28 to 27 i think it's going to be that that close well paul actively rooting to talk about the draft next week and (laughs) i am going to shun him for it um not rooting for it just predicting yeah okay yeah I'm hoping you just know your record on picking this year. It's been terrible. And Remember 2019 when I was 15 and one? I don't know. I if do. Five mm-hmm. I do. I, I do. do. Yeah, that was that was an impressive that was an impressive uh, prediction schedule there, Thank my you. friend. Yeah, I, um, used, I used it all that year apparently. Well, I just briefly about Alan pressing. I mean, I have seen that. I know what you guys are talking about. And then sometimes, you know, he does come back like they they do. It does succeed. Like the tempo is a success, really, you know, for him anyway. Um, And but I do know what you're saying where they're in that mediocre zone and he feels like he has to do the whole thing and nobody else is cooperating. I think the first New England game was a little like that uh, by the end of the second half, especially with the weather. Um, But I still Per my words two weeks ago, I am ready to give him more, let him do more, especially while he's young and can bounce back. You know, when he gets older, he'll need more help. That's fine. But right now. Right now, Frank is happy to let Josh Allen (laughs) destroy his tendons, ligaments, muscles, and bones (laughs) to will this Bills team to another victory. Flags Uh, fly forever. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Flags fly forever. And we are forever as long as Twitter is here at MNY Bills and Buffalo Bills maybe next year. And I saw today that you can, like, do an audio thing on Twitter and it records the audio. And 
people can listen live and ask questions and i was very intrigued by it but maybe that will be our next technology we've been through uh, anchor audacity google hangouts we've we've done it all we you have done that quite a bit. Pigeon podcast for a while. Do you remember yeah. using the pigeons to communicate? That was yeah. That yeah. Smoke, the smoke signal week was tough, but everybody, yeah. every, the rest were good. Yeah. We used to have our producer, yeah, oh, way back. In the Jenna. Day. Jenna, yep. No, Jenna was the board op, not the producer. Oh, sorry, that's, that's yeah. fine. Uh, if you would like to be our board op, then I don't know. <laughs> listen to the show next week. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. I've told you where to find us. Find us. Listen. Go Bills. Uh, we hope that we are talking about the AFC East leading Buffalo Bills uh, this time next week. Until then, if you are celebrating, have a wonderful Christmas um, and have a wonderful my birthday. And every otherwise, um, otherwise, just have a nice week. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Until then, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Everybody. <laughs>